Hello and good evening everyone. Welcome to Talk Albion. This is a new West Bromwich Albion based podcast with myself, Joshua Wild. I'm joined here by my dad. Matt Wild. Hi, how are you doing everyone? Nice to be here again with you. Um, sorry about a bit of a delay in between episode one and episode two. I've uh, just been very busy with work, etc. And it's been hard to find a joint time. But we are back and better than ever. Um, since we lasted our episode, we have launched a new Facebook page. Uh, so go over to Facebook and follow us there. That is uh, www.facebook.com slash talkalbion. So it would be nice to build a nice little group of a nice little community within the Facebook um, where you can contribute to the podcast and maybe eventually come on to join us for an episode as well. Uh, but today uh, we're going to get kickstarted with some team news. So, Matt, is there any new team news for West Brom? Well, uh, since we last spoke to together, Josh, um, there's been two. Two changes to the Albion lineup. Um, the first one being the uh, long-awaited uh, signing of uh, one striker by the name of Colin Grant, which was all anticipated, and now it's finally been done. And um, he's featured in a couple of our last matches. Yeah, he made his debut against Burnley for us, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. And uh, the other. The other change is that uh, we've seen the departure of uh, Ahmed uh, Hagazi, um, who's de- departed from the club, which was a big yeah. surprise to many fans. So, Yeah, I think it was a big surprise to fans and also to Slavin Bilic, who um, I think he came out the other day and said that he had no idea that the transfer was happening and sort of the club had gone a bit behind his back. But... Um, because Hagazi played really well against Burnley and was in part of the plans for the Brighton game at the weekend. But then all of a sudden he had gone over to, I think it was a team in Saudi Arabia or somewhere in the Middle East. Um, so it was a bit of a strange transfer. I, I certainly wasn't expecting it. Um, no, um, but you you probably know my feelings on the player anyway. He, yeah. he wasn't um, one of my favourites to put it that way. I know it uh, divides a lot of opinion. Um, for me, Agazi was a um, championship player at best. And um, yeah, I, I just think that um, I can understand how Slavin Bilic must be feeling because the club obviously did this deal behind his back. And um, I'm now not saying Hagazi isn't a bad player at all and we could probably use him in future matches mm. um, and he yeah granted he, he did have a good game against Burnley um, but for me um, I'm personally not too disappointed that he's left the club and I'm hoping now that some of the younger defenders um, can step up to the plate and uh, um, fill, fill his shoes to be honest, uh, I think there's better options out there for for our club, and hopefully, maybe in in January when the window opens, we can see um, maybe a possible new, another sign in 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 the defensive area. Yeah, I think I I know that he's initially gone out on loan for the season, and then he'll be signing permanently in the summer. Um, so that will give us a nice little transfer boost um, for the funds. 
I'm not too sure how much he's going for. I can't imagine it's going to be millions of millions of pounds, but it'll, it'll be a nice little boost to what is there at the minute. Um, but I think he would he would be quite good for squad depth at the minute, um, especially again showing his performances because he did have a good end sort of end to the season last last year in the championship where he, I think it was Derby where he had an yeah. amazing game. Um, yeah, he was fan of the match, no doubt about that. He, he he did put in a real solid performance that game, definitely. Yeah, but I think I stand in the same position you are with him because he's definitely not my favourite defender. I know he, he had a really great start to life at West Brom. He got the winner against Bournemouth when he first signed. That's right. And then kept two clean sheets in a row. But then ever since then, it was sort of downhill with a few ups. So yeah. I think yeah. overall, is um the right move to get rid of him, but maybe a bit too early, I think. Um, uh, a bit too early, and uh, I think the club went about it in the wrong way. So, yeah. Anyway, all the best of luck to uh, Hegazi in for his future playing career. Yeah. Um, we certainly won't forget what he has done for the club, because he has played well, but I just don't think he's good enough for the Premier League. Yeah. That's just my opinion. If you disagree with me, then please uh, get in touch with us on our Facebook page at Talk Albion. And yeah. um, we can talk about that in our next podcast. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have a little poll of was it the right move, yes or no? <laughs> or yeah, like that. quite possibly. Um, uh, the, the only other rumour is that uh, Krasitsky's on a looking, looking for uh, a move. Uh, I believe that on deadline day, the move was... Um, delayed by about 15 seconds or something like that and it's going to an FA tribunal so uh, by the time we record our next uh, podcast Josh uh, we could possibly see the loss of another player going to a championship team um, yeah. but we'll just have to wait and see what happens yeah. there with the FA ruling. I think it'd be a shame to lose Krasicki because he had it I think it was in the international break a couple of weeks ago he scored a hat-trick in one of the That's qualifiers, right. so he shows he has got great quality. So, now I would yeah. personally would, would like to see him stay at the club, certainly till at least January, and hopefully, because I don't believe we've actually seen the best of him as a, as a player. Um, you know, so it'd be nice to see him actually get a, a start in the Premier League, and and let's see what the, what what he can do. But yeah. then again, we're not um, we're not Slavan. And uh, we don't see him on the training pitch. And uh, there's obviously something in him that um, Philip doesn't like the look of and is looking to farm him out. Um, there's rumours yeah. going around he needs to go out on loan to fund the Carl and Grant um, transfer deal. Mm. Um, well, we all know what the investors are like at, at, at our club at the moment. They seem to be non-existent. So yeah. there must be some truth in the matter. Um, but it just seems like we're diminishing our squad uh, by letting Grzynski go. Um, I mean, if we were to get an injury to Piera or Dean Garner mm. um, or Crony, then um, <laughs> we would be in a bit of trouble um, yeah. in, in, in the midfield area. So. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll have to see next time, I guess. Yes, oh. definitely. But... Um, Okay. Well, that that rounds up the team news quite nicely. Uh, So let's move on to the last three games that we have played since our last episode. Uh, So first of all, let's talk about the 2-0 loss at Southampton quickly. Yes, um, I don't think we need to labour on this result too much. 
Um, we all know the result. It was a disappointing performance mm. all round, uh, disappointing result. Um, I think we all underestimated Southampton, to be honest, at the time. Coming into this match, yeah. I, for one, was looking for a draw at minimum. A one all or two each draw. Um, I had us down for after a promising few games. Um, the three all draw against Chelsea, you know. Um, but I think at the end of the day, Southampton showed that they are had a bit more quality in their attack and in their play than what we did on the night. And very disappointing all round, really. Not I can't really single out a player yeah. from, from the match to even. It was that disappointing. And when you take into consideration Southampton's results in the following two matches, they as well have drew three each with Chelsea mm. and um, also beaten Everton 2-0. So, mm. yeah, um, it looks like Southampton um, are going to be a different uh, opposition this season than the, what they were last season. So, yeah. um, disappointing. Yes, but I think we should just move on from that result. To be honest, Josh. Yeah, um, well, it could it could be the the game that sparked a new something in the team because since then we've been playing pretty well at the back, definitely. Because um, in our next game against Burnley, which was a nil nil draw, we got our first clean sheet of the season. Uh, do you want us to let's talk about that game for a bit? Yes, absolutely. And um, a player for me in that match who. Um, really, really did put his mark on the game was uh, Sam Johnson. And now I know, again, he's a he's a player that divides opinion amongst Albion fans. I, for one, I think he's a very, very promising young talent that we've got in the team. He seems to be going from strength to strength for me. And um, he's, shown, he's shown his quality in this game for me. He made some absolutely fantastic, outstanding saves and uh, kept us in the match. Mm. Um, and if it wasn't for Sam Johnston, we could have easily lost that match one or two nil. Yeah. Um, so um, I think he's a player that is uh, improving all the time. And I think we just need to back off him and give him a bit of room, a bit of space. He's a, he's a Premier League goalkeeper now. Yes, he will make mistakes. Um, but uh, for me, he, um, he really showed his maturity in this game and uh, made some absolutely outstanding saves to to keep out Chris Woods and um, Ashley Bowens. Um, mm. it, it really was, for me, the, the man, in the, man of the match of that game. Um, yeah. Obviously, we've seen um, the introduction of Carlin Grant. And um, unfortunately, his goal was ruled off, offside. Yeah. Marginally, may I say, marginally ruled offside. Um, but he, he showed... Um, Again, a glimpse of uh, his potential mm -hmm. and what he can do. And I think he's, he's a real exciting addition to our squad. Um, he, he played with enthusiasm. He played with energy. He was in the box. He was around the box. He, you could tell his desire and determination to get off the score sheet in that game. And he was unlucky not to have uh, won us the match. Um, <clears throat> but Unfortunately, it wasn't to be, and um, the match ended nil-nil, which I think, at the end of the day, is uh, was a fair result because Burnley came uh, not to lose. If that makes sense, yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, I think I completely agree with you. Sam Johnson is probably one of the best games he's had at the club so far. Um, 
he's made some absolutely brilliant saves. I think part of the reason why he like divides opinion is he's very much he's an excellent sh- shot stopper, but he lacks the commandingness, the command mm-hmm. that comes with being a goalkeeper. But I think he's starting to learn from the other goalkeepers that we've got in the club now that how to lead the defense and organize him as how he wants him to be yeah um, so and he is he is quite a young goalkeeper he never he obviously he came from Manchester United and when you're at Man United you don't get a lot of experience on the pitch as you get you get to have a lot of training with top class goalkeepers like David De Gea and players like that but you never really get an actual run in and games and stuff it's just mm-hmm. all under 21s so I think when he came in on the championship in the first season he did really well then he dropped off a little bit, um, but now he's he's starting to bounce back from that now and having a really good run of games. Yes, definitely, and uh, long may it continue. Let's hope he's, he he learns from each match and uh, goes from strength to strength from here and in because uh, we really do need to to uh, get some more clean sheets under our belts. Yeah, um, over the course of the season. So, so that was nil nil. Burnley, not too disappointing. It was just a disappointing that we didn't score. To be honest, it wasn't yeah. a bad performance overall. And again, um, a lot of signs of promise. And um, which brings us on to the the next game, um, which was Brighton yeah. and Over Albion one and uh, West Bromwich Albion one. And yeah. uh, what did you think of that match, Josh? Um, I think it was a really entertaining game for the neutrals obviously Brighton seemed to dominate the first half a lot more than uh, we did uh, in the first half particularly but it was a pretty well quite a comedic own goal to concede um, booting the ball off of Livermore's face Um, (coughs) when 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 I because I was at work at the time I was refreshing BBC News every five minutes seeing what was happening yeah when I saw the images of that I was like God, it's going to be one of those games. I was expecting the worst. Um, but after that, we seemed to really pick ourselves up and we had a superb second half, creating so many chances. Um, moving Pereira from the right into the middle was a game changer for me. Having yeah. the pace of Robinson and in the end, Edwards on the wings was was a superb move by Bilic and Robinson getting the assist for Carlon Grant's first goal of the campaign for or for his campaign anyway a very well taken it was quite lucky having the deflection off the defender instead of it going out of play because um, it could have gone anywhere but it fell really nicely to Grant's feet took a touch and slammed it in the roof of the net yes but, absolutely but the thing is my point previously about Carlin Grant he was hungry he was in the box he was yeah. he was there and um, the ball fell for him. One touch, he took it past two defenders and smashed it straight into the back of the net. And uh, I think that's what we've been missing from uh, a striker. We really do need to have a goal-scoring striker who can take his opportunities um, yeah. like that, you know. So um, it wasn't a clear-cut chance. He, he had his work to do. He controlled the ball well and it was a superb finish by by uh, what looks like a very promising um, centre-forward for us. So, may yeah. continue. The, the part of the game that changed it for me was the substitutions that Billick made, uh, bringing Robinson on again, full of pace, full of energy, um, uh, determination to get forward, and uh, as, as you mentioned, Josh, um, providing the assist for Carlin Grant. You know, I can see those two players uh, linking up 
really yeah. well together in, in future matches. And uh, for me, um, I would pretty much start the next game against Fulham uh, oh. as the team that finished the match, apart from Carl and Grant started. And yeah. his, uh, Grant was substituted off shortly after he scored the goal. But I'll keep Carl and Grant in the team and yeah. um, and uh, start pretty much Fulham with the with the team that finished against um, yeah. against Brighton. Personally, no, definitely. definitely. I think it would be interesting to see in the future if we could um, maybe have go back to a two up top formation because right at the minute we're playing a sort of four two three one formation with because that seems to be yeah. the the trend at the minute. But um, I think it would be great to see Grant. And Robinson up top together, like back in the glory days, we'll call it. But um, I think they would work Definitely. really well off each other. I think they, especially with teams like Burnley, where they've got like four men against one or three central defenders mm. or whatever, it can be quite lonely for just one sole striker. So to have the two of them working off each other it, would could be it, really good. That's right. Even if you just got one playing slightly behind. Mm. The other, I will uh, definitely. I, I, I really can't wait until we we do see see that happen again in, mm. in whatever type of formation that can accommodate us having two strikers up front. For yeah. us, um, I think it would be quite hard though because I think we really need per, uh, Pereira in the middle. So I think having Robinson on the right well is probably the right call for the moment until we can figure it out because whenever we have Pereira on the right he seems to get a little bit lost and a bit out of the play but when he's in the middle he's really controlling play. I mean he, he could have scored yeah. two screamers against Brighton at the weekend so if we keep Definitely. him there then we'll be creating loads of chances and scoring a lot more goals Definitely Yes yeah, so I, I couldn't agree more with you Josh Definitely So so um, they were our last three matches in a, in, a, in a nutshell. Um, so out of a, out of a possible nine points, we uh, we come come away with two, mm-hmm. um, which obviously leaves us in the table with three points at the moment. And um, that's enough for one the, win. The uh, definitely and and next up for us is um, is away at Fulham next Monday night. Yeah. And uh, so, just briefly looking at the league table, Josh, um, at um, in, in joint bottom, um, we've got Fulham on one point um, with a goal difference of minus nine, and Sheffield United on um, one point with minus six, followed by Burnley on minus six, and then we've got West Brom in seventeenth position on minus eight. And Brighton and Ove Albion, um, two points above us with uh, minus two goal difference. So this game coming up on Monday night against Fulham um, seems to be getting more and more important. (laughs) Yep. It really is a must win for us if we want to try and stay out of that relegation zone uh, for as long as possible. Because inevitably we might slip into it. But if we can win that and Brighton lose their next game, we'll overtake them. And then we'll be two points away from Manchester United. So <laughs> who knows what can happen. But it's still early days. But we we do need to be beating teams like Sheffield and Fulham at the minute. And results think, keep happening. Because yeah. at the minute, we've been quite lucky. Results have been going our way. So it, mean, it means we've been able to keep out of the drop zone without winning a game. But, um, That's right. So, 
Yeah, so um, I think we're good enough to beat Fulham. It is away at Craven Cottage on uh, 5.30 kickoff next Monday night. Um, I do think we're good enough. I think if we if we start with the same team that finished the, the, the Burnley match, but with Carl and Grant up front, mm-hmm. I think we'll offer a bit too much for, for Fulham. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'd be looking for, personally, a... Um, a 2-0 or 2-1 win to, to the Albion yeah. next Monday night. Anything less than a win, um, a draw, is possibly acceptable. Um, but that would mean we'd have to rely on Burnley and Sheffield United not getting a result. Yeah. Um, our loss would be absolutely devastating for us. Yeah. Not the end of the world, but it put us in yeah. a very difficult position. Because uh, that would mean Fulham would would leapfrog leapfrog us, mm-hmm. and um, I think at this moment in time uh, in the season, it, it would be nice to get it, it would be nice to get the three points to, to put us on six points. To be honest, yeah, it would. Because uh, I think if we, if we a draw would be acceptable, or. Barely, we don't want to drop too many points in games like this because otherwise the gap between 16th and 17th is just going to keep on getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then That's by right. Christmas, although we might be above the drop zone, we'll be too far away to get a mid-table finish or middle of the middle table, if that like make, makes any That's sense. Right, yeah. I don't know, we're just fighting for survival, but we want to survive quite... I, I personally want to survive quite comfortably. I don't want to be waiting until the last day of the season like last year. I'd well, like, that, yeah. I'd, I'd like to just be quite safe by April time, May, end well, of start of May time. But who knows? That's a, it's a long way away yet. But if we yeah. can beat Fulham, I'll be a lot happier. <laughs> yes, definitely. But uh, this is West Bromwich Albion we're talking about, Josh, and we we never seem to do anything the easy way, do we? So no, we don't. Uh, at least it, it can be exciting at times. <laughs> it does indeed. Yeah. Never bet yeah. on the baggies because whatever you bet on, they'll do the opposite. <laughs> That's too true. That's but, too true. So. Before we move on to our next stage, what what is your... You said your score prediction was 2-1? I'm going 2-0 West Bromwich Albion against Fulham. Oh, I'm going to one-up you and I'm going to go for 3-0 and a Grant hat-trick. Wow. I hope you're right. I'll buy you a pint if that's right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. But, uh, I think I'm, I'm seeing a lot of goals in his eyes and I'm I'm yet to purchase a jersey this season, so he might be the one. If he gets a hat-trick this weekend, no doubt he's going on the back of it. Okay. But, yeah, Excellent so, stuff. Excellent stuff. So that concludes the fixtures side of the podcast. We're now going to be moving on to a new little segment and we for the next three episodes, we're going to be building our ultimate 11 and maybe on the in the fourth episode we'll have the final team assembled so the way it's going to work is we're going to select some defenders and a goalkeeper in this episode midfielders in the next episode and forwards in the the third episode and we'd like your opinions on this as well so if you're listening drop down in the comments below some players who for that episode so in this episode defenders and then in the fourth episode we'll have the final team together which will be our ultimate West Bromwich Albion 11 so uh, as I said goalkeepers and defenders in this episode dad do you have any goalkeepers that spring to mind for this ultimate baggies 11 yes um, there's a a couple of goalkeepers uh, which immediately spring to mind 
um, for myself from following the Albion from um, the early mid eighties in person. Um, Stuart Naylor was the number one goalkeeper at the time when I started going regularly to the Hawthorns. Um, I think he he deserves a mention. Um, again, we he, he spent the majority of his uh, career with the Albion um, when was in the old Division Two at the time, which obviously is the Championship now. Um, other mentions are Russell Holt um, was an excellent goalkeeper. Uh, Thomas Kuzak. Um, obviously went on to play for Manchester United. He had a, a, a number of uh, solid games for for the Albion. Um, most recently, I think my um, favourite and best goalkeeper we've had in recent years has been um, has been Ben Foster. Yeah, and unfortunately, he went on to play for Watford when we got relegated from the Premier League uh, a couple of seasons ago, yeah. which was very disappointing because uh, I think, and I do believe that Ben Foster did not want to leave the Albion and it was all a case of uh, wages which seen him leave to go to uh, to Watford. You know, so the, the, they're the main goalkeepers from uh, modern and most recent history from, from um, the 80s up until modern time. Now, yeah. um, for, for me. Uh, do you have any other names? No, well, I've only been really following the Bangies for a short time. Um, and when I was a kid, I can't I couldn't quite remember who the main goalkeeper was. But Thomas Cusack was one that stuck out in my memory. Um, but I think Ben Foster is probably the one to go for in this Ultimate eleven. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's a shame he went to Watford. Um and it's a shame that he then ended up going back down to the championship regardless. Yeah. Um, but I think the cycling goalkeeper, as it goes by now, is probably our best goalkeeper, from my memory anyway. But he can, of all time, is a whole different question. But he's definitely one of my favourite goalkeepers that we've had. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, uh, I, I agree. Th- I think if you're listening at home, you won't have too many arguments against that either. But I think... Yeah. I think and so. I'm- I'm sure there's um, a, a few other names from from uh, the older generations that that, that would like to mention. Um, Osborne mm-hmm. was, a, I believe, um, a, a class goalkeeper during um, during his time at the Albion. And uh, but if you've got any other names and you're listening to this podcast, then please uh, please uh, post your your names down in in the comment section. Yeah. And, and and let us know your thoughts on who your who your all time number one Albion West Bromwich Albion goalkeeper. Cool. So moving on from the goalkeeper, we've got our defenders. Um, I've got some defenders written down here. I'm not sure if you do over where you are, but would you like to name some defenders for us? Uh, well, not. I wouldn't know if it, if he would be classed as an all time best defender but for me Darren Moore showed everything what West Bromwich Albion means to me yeah and his, his pride in in the club his passion for the club um he, he wore obviously wore his uh, heart on his sleeve so to say and um obviously Darren Moore then 
moved on into a coaching role and obviously first team manager for um, a, a period of time. Um, was very sad in the manner again which which he left. Um, left his role, but probably the right decision at the time looking back. But for me as a defender, uh, solid, um, gave 100% in every match that he played for. Mm. Was he the best? Debatable. Is he one of my favourites? Absolutely 100% because of what yeah. the club meant to him as a person. And, and you can tell that in his performances. So for me, Darren Moore would have to be in yeah. uh, the defensive lineup. Yeah, just his celebrations alone were worth it, I think. Yes, and the goal he scored, he used to go for it. And uh, who can forget the goal he scored against Crystal Palace uh, to to help us get promoted to the Premier League for the first time. Absolutely sensational um, scenes they were. So, great character, great person, great footballer, um, and definitely deserves to be in our all-time eleven. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so uh, one of the other names I've got on written down is good old Gareth McCauley, um, one of our yeah. sort of mo- more recent players. Um, I think he left us in, I want to say 2017, 2018, one of those. I think it was in that season. Um, but I, I, I think he was brilliant. He was great in the air, a solid central yeah. defender. Um, I think if I was to pick this by myself, I'd, he'd be going in the team. Um, okay. But, um, yes, he was a, yeah, definitely great player. Helped us uh, stay in the Premier League for what, eight years um, when he played for us. And um, yeah, a very, very solid professional. And um, I don't disagree with your selection on that one, Josh, at all. Yeah. Um, so. Another name yeah. I've got written down is the big Swede, Jonas Olsen. Oh, uh, yeah. Great. Another great player, similar um, player to Gareth McCauley, which is probably why they work so well together, I think. Um, yeah. But um, I don't think he's probably the best. I remember one of my fondest memories I have of Jonas Olsen is when Chris Brunt leathered a free kick at him deflected and then went in the top right corner against Man United didn't yeah. know what he was doing but just hit him in the back of the leg and went in the top bins yeah yeah, yeah it was a, again a, another solid defender uh, really really liked him um, as a player and um, pretty sure he scored uh, the, was it the equalising goal at Villa Park um, not so long ago um, I can't quite remember at, at Aston Villa um, I'm pretty sure he did and um, yeah, again, great player, and uh, again, a player that loved the club, and um, yeah, so I agree with that. We agree with you on that one. Yeah. Uh, now um, I've got another name down here, Josh. Um, a bit before my time, going to follow when I was going to the Hawthorns and following the Albion, but um, with the with the likes of YouTube and being able to to watch. Um, vintage footage of, of, of our team and then um, one name stands out for me and that's uh, Brendan Batson of course yeah um, he's, uh, he's, he's been uh, a great servant to the football club he, he was obviously a, a fantastic player in 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 his day um, obviously the we can't imagine what kind of racial abuse um, 
black players had back in the uh, 70s and early 80s and even even to this day. So, But certainly when we talk about pioneering footballers, um, then uh, what Brendan Batson's done for the game and for the PFA and for West Brom's Yardman as a football club, then um, uh, I've, I've been fortunate enough to, to meet Brendan on a couple of occasions and I can honestly say he is a gentleman off the pitch and um, from the footage that I've seen him play um, on YouTube, unfortunately I've, I've never been able to watch him live, but he, um, I think he definitely deserves to be mentioned and uh, included in the uh, starting 11 back four. Sounds good to me. Okay. Yeah. All right. uh, some of the names that we've got written down, but probably won't reach the 11, so we'll just throw them out there just in case you're thinking of them at home. But we've got John, was it Wiley? Willie? John Wile. John Wile. So I've, it looks like Willie to me. So yeah. I've, I yeah. always have a little giggle when I see it. Uh, we've got Paul Robinson as well. I used to really like him when I was a kid. I used to imitate yeah. him all the time because I had a shaven head like him. Um, but it probably wasn't as good as I thought, as I remember him being. Uh, Neil Clement. And then well, we've got a little bit of a different one. We've got Chris Brunt, who, although he was mainly a midfielder, towards the end of his time at West Brom, he dropped back into sort of a left-back role. Um, especially under Tony Pulis, he was more of a defender than a midfielder. So I think, yeah, I'm not quite yeah. sure where to put him. But And uh, Derek Statham as well. Mm-hmm. Um I know uh, a, a lot of fans rate him, rate him very, very highly. Again, unfortunately, not a player that I've, I've been able to um, watch live in person myself. I can't really comment only on um, other people's comments that he was an absolutely world-class player. Mm-hmm. And um, I just wish I'd have been around during those years to be able to witness that type of football that we were playing at the time yeah. with some some absolutely fantastic players. So who would make our fourth selection, Josh, out of those others that we've just mentioned? So, so just remind me again of where we've got to. So we've got Darren Moore. Darren Moore. Brendan Batson. Brendan Batson. Macaulay. And Macaulay. And uh, we've so got, we've got, got Jonas Olsen. Jonas Olsen I think so I think I would probably what do you know where Batson plays because I can't quite remember was he a centre-back or a full-back pretty sure he was a full-back wasn't he um, okay. right, well yeah I think if we, if we keep in Darren Moore and McCauley at centre-back put Batson at a full-back and then I think put Brunty at left-back and then it gives us more options in the midfield next okay. next time we record. Sounds good to me. Sounds cool. good to me. And yeah. like I say, if anyone disagrees with us in our selection, then uh, please comment on our podcast below. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, that rounds up the end to this episode. Um, it's been fun to record with you, Dad. Uh, it's been great to record with you again, son. So um, let's look forward to the full match and let's hope for three points, three yeah. much-needed points. And, definitely. Uh, well, I look forward to recording the next one with you next week.
yeah definitely um in the meantime don't forget to like our page on facebook that is www.facebook.com slash talk and comment below your favorite players as well and also a score prediction if you want to but yeah uh we'll see you next time on talk albion see you next time everyone thanks for listening